This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You know, you know that scene. I don't know if this is going to be a complete random reference for people, but you know that scene in Friends. And if you're not a watcher of Friends, I apologise. But you know that scene in Friends where Chandler's in the bath, and Monica walks in, and he he just looks around and goes, "I think it's my, it might be Joey that walks in," and he just goes, "I've had a very long hard day." <laughs> and that that is how I feel right now. Hello and welcome to the Good at All. Back again with you guys. For another show, uh, back again after, well after, Arsenal's 2-0 defeat to Chelsea uh, at the Emirates, of which I was there today, hence why uh, the show was not straight after. So apologies for those of you that were sitting and expecting there to be a show straight after. As I have said, this season it's probably not going to be that regular. I will should, should be able to do the show straight after the West Brom game because I'm not working, but I am working most of the Arsenal games uh, this, this series, uh, this season. And so these are probably the style of shows that you're going to be getting uh, if there's a, a late kickoff, an early kickoff, etc. Um, it may be that they wait to the next day. But I wanted to jump on today. There's a lot of things to talk about. I want to get your thoughts uh, in the chat box as well. Before I do go into the game, and there is a lot to talk about, I do want to say a big shout out to the people that I met today. Uh, so many of you. I met. To, I got to meet some of our members, Pablo and Lewis. Um, thank you so much uh, for coming up and saying hello. Really appreciate. And I just genuinely, it's such a pleasure to meet people who watch the channel. And and people who aren't members, people came up throughout the day like, you're the guy that does the 8am shows. And I'm like, yes, that has been me filling your screens every morning at 8am. And there's some really kind words from, from people, genuinely some really kind words. So thank you. Uh, they don't go unnoticed. And I, apologies if I was awkward when I said hello. It's not something I'm used to. Um, but I genuinely appreciate all the kind words that was, was said today. It was great seeing Ola today as well. Of course, you guys know, guys know Ola as one of our regulars and seeing other people too. 
it was great to be back and, and in and around kind of Arsenal and back at the Emirates and back at kind of home in a way and seeing so many people there and speaking to Pablo who went into the, the ground. I wasn't in the ground. I was in and around the ground and watched the game uh, in the Tonnington. Um, but Pablo, all he could talk about was the electric atmosphere. Despite the result, the actual atmosphere of the ground before the game was apparently unreal. Uh, so if you were in there... You got to experience that, and it is great to see that back. However, things did devolve very quickly. Now, I went into this game with a head of, I'm not expecting much. Anything from the game against Chelsea and City, I was like, this is a bonus. Anything, if we get a point from either of these two games, it's a bonus. I'm not expecting to win either of these. I'm not expecting to draw either of these two games. But the problem is, is I just can't sit and watch what we saw unfold and not go, we were the architects of our own demise again. It wasn't like, it wasn't a case of, I felt that Chelsea were, um, that they earned their win. And that might sound weird. I feel like we gave it to them. I, I feel like we absolutely just handed them the win on a plate. I feel like Arteta's tactics absolutely just said, look, I know how you play. And we managed to go to Stamford Bridge less than a few months ago, sit in three at the back, take the chances, absorb the pressure, hit on the break, snatch a goal, take the win home. And for some reason, we didn't do that. For some reason, we ignored the the philosophy that worked when we played against Stanford, uh, when we played at Stamford Bridge. And instead... We thought it would be, or rather, I say we, Arteta thought it would be a good idea to go to a back four against doubling up wing-backs and wingers and attacking midfielders and Lukaku. There is so many reasons why it was just such a poor decision to go to a back four. Let me let me talk to you initially about the wing-back situation. If you go to a back four, against the Chelsea side that are going to go with three up top with Lukaku, Mount and Havertz and have James and Alonso as wingbacks. What that means is that Tierney, as you all saw, was caught time and time again, not just up the field, but completely isolated, which left an, an, an unreal amount of space for Reese James to run into time after time. And now they've got Lukaku, which by the way is a joke. Like he's a joke footballer how good he is it's ridiculous how much of an improvement they're able to make to a team they spent so much on it's it's crazy that team that Chelsea team if it does I'm sorry but they are outright favorites for the league and the Champions League again they've built an astonishing side absolutely astonishing side with Lukaku coming in and the thing is is that every time and you probably notice this is that what happens is, is Lukaku Drops in, ball is played into Lukaku. That then pulls out one of our two and only two centre-backs. Most of the time it was Marie who had an awful, awful game. And as they do that, what happens is because one of our two centre-backs vacates the space that they were originally in, one of the two full-backs, so if it was holding that closes down Lukaku, it would have been Cedric. And if it was Marie, it was Tierney. And they tuck in. And when they tuck in, it opens up a silly amount of room in either of those two wide areas in which Reese James just ran absolutely unmarked 
untracked, just easily waltzed onto the right-hand side. Lukaku can either spin, take the players on, which he's very capable of doing because he's got great strength and technical ability, or he can just do what he did do, which was just lay it off and have the ball pinged out into the wide area to James. James feeds it back into the box where Lukaku shrugged off any kind of challenge from Pablo Marie and puts it away for 1-0. It's easy. It's so easy that me, as I'm not a coach, I'm not educated in football coaching by any means, can see that it's happening. And yet we allowed it to happen time after time and there was no changes. And we didn't have Ben White today and we didn't have Gabriel today. But that doesn't matter because we opened ourselves up for this. We allowed Chelsea to just dominate and play as they wanted. We should have gone to a back three. It should have been, in my opinion, Chambers at right centre-back, holding at centre-back and Tierney at left centre-back. You then can have either of Nuno Tavares on the left-hand side at left wing-back or you can put Saka there. But I think because of how light we were in attack, it probably should have been Tavares. And then you can put Saka in the front line. And then you can put one of Ainsley Maitland-Niles or Cedric. I would have gone with Mainsley, to be honest, on the right wing-back position. You match them up. You double up so they can't utilise those spaces in in those wide areas. You don't go to a pack four. You have to match this Chelsea team up to have any chance of winning against them. It's going to be really interesting to watch Liverpool play against this Chelsea team next week because Liverpool obviously have some very quality fullbacks. Trent Alexander-Arnold and Shimakas has been, very, uh, been doing very well and Andy Robertson is returning to fitness. They have better fullbacks than us. They have a better defence than us. They have a better midfield than us. They're just better than us, Liverpool. So it will be interesting to see how that back four deals with Chelsea's 3-4-3 three, uh, three, three system. But for us, we have to be honest with ourselves. We have to be honest with ourselves that we are not the Arsenal of old. We're not a top four. We're not a top six team. We finished eighth the last two seasons. We are not a top six team. And so we can't go toe-to-toe with these teams. They are just different class to us. We brought on Abamyang, Balogun and uh, Tavares in the game, right? And Abamyang was half-cooked. He was not 100% fit, as we know. He had one training session and that was it. Meanwhile, Chelsea are bringing on Hakim Ziyech, N'Golo Kante and Timo Werner for a combined figure of, what, hundred and. 20-odd million quid. It's just different levels. It's just a different stratosphere to what Chelsea and Arsenal are. And it's how we would try to go toe-to-toe with them is just naive. It's ignorant of their quality and it's arrogant. And it was a tactical disaster. Beyond the fact that I didn't have a clue what we were trying to do when we were actually in possession bar than hit them on the counter... I just, I don't understand what we tried to do. And and that's what's so frustrating is that I'd made my peace before the game that I was going into this match knowing that Arsenal were not expected to get a win or even a draw and that Chelsea were going to be on the, on top and that they were likely going to score and they were going to win. I'd reserve myself to that. I knew that. I said that before the game. I predicted a 3-1 loss to Chelsea. I mean, one was generous to Arsenal. Could have been four or five nil today. Um, but what frustrates me was that if we'd have gone into that game, really, you know, hunkered down, dug in, gone with the five, uh, gone with the five at the back, 
and just got a couple of chances on the break and maybe got a bit lucky or missed a couple of good chances that we would have got in the game, I would have been able to come to terms with that. But I can't come to terms with a clear and obvious error from a managerial position to try and go toe-to-toe with a side that are just far and away better than us. You need to be smarter. You need to be savvier. You need to have a sensible head on your shoulders to know when you are the underdog. And we just, time after time, don't have that mindset. We are still arrogant. We are still making silly decisions. We are not recognizing where we are. We're not recognizing the players that we have. And also, we're relying on kids like Sambi Lakonga, who was brilliant again. What a signing he is. What a signing Sambi Lakonga is to this team. And I feel sorry for him at this stage. I feel genuinely sorry for the kid. that A 21-year-old guy coming from the Belgian league into a completely different situation, into a really, really volatile place, is being lent upon with Partey out to be the crux of our side, to drag us forward, to defend, to run, to pass, to do literally every pulling of the strings because we have no one else that's doing it. I feel sorry for the guy. I really do. And and we can't keep relying on these kids to drag us to to victories and to points. Our season will start against Norwich because whilst I hope that Arteta learns from these mistakes and plays a different formation against Manchester City, I don't think he will. I don't think we'll go to a back three against City, even though we should. I think that we will continue with the back four and I think we'll get battered absolutely battered and that means we'll go into the fourth game of the season without a goal and without a win without any points of any merit on the board and our season starts against Norwich and it might go in against Norwich after a transfer window in which we didn't upgrade central midfield from a starting perspective and we haven't upgraded the right back position if we don't do those two things that's the situation that we find ourselves in there's my rant there's my monologue uh, let's go to what you guys are saying in the chat box. One thing we rely upon in the channel is always for viewer interaction. So let's get to that now and get some of your thoughts and feelings. I'm not going to be staying on for the usual 45 minutes to an hour because I'm absolutely shattered. I'm so done. <laughs> so done today. Um, Cookie Monster, Tom, isn't it crazy? We haven't started the Premier League. Uh, an unproven 21-year-old from the Belgian League. Glad he looks brilliant, but we shouldn't be in this position. And you're spot on, mate. You're absolutely spot on. Daryl Price says toe to toe means same system. Who knows what happens if we play the same? If we play some system, this was the same system when we won last game. It wasn't the same system. It's it's not going toe to toe with Chelsea is not playing the same system. Going toe-to-toe with someone is putting you going full tilt trying to win the game. You're trying to win the game. You're not trying to hold out and you know either nick a goal somewhere or dig in for a draw. Toe-to-toe is trying to win. We tried. That's what Arteta was trying to do. He went into that game with a formation and a system that was trying to win the game. Playing the same system as someone is not necessarily meaning you're going toe-to-toe. It doesn't mean you can't go toe-to-toe by playing the same system. You can. Teams do. We'll go toe-to-toe with City if we go four against four against them next weekend. But we shouldn't have done what we did today. And we should have dug in, played and matched them for their formation and and tried to nick a goal on the break. That is the only way that we were ever going to get anything from the game today because that's only what we're capable of against a team as good as Chelsea right now. 
That's what we've got to be smarter to realize that we've got to do that. And I don't care that we're at home in front of 50,000 fans. You've got to do what you need to do to try and get points in this league, especially for a team like Arsenal that are not expected to win these matches. Far from it. That's that's the issue with this. It's just arrogance. It's pure arrogance, what I saw today from the team selection. Thracian says, I hate that football is now dominated by money. Chelsea, Man City, Villa, etc. would be nowhere without their owners. Villa less so. Villa are a European champion. Um, so, you know, uh, City and, and, and Chelsea. Chelsea are, of course, also European champions, but of course, with the help of, of that money you speak of. But I think it's... It's unfair to, to to bring Villa into that. I think they're spending their money well, and they're you know they're quite a well-run club, to be honest. Um, it would be nowhere without their owners pumping them full of cash, and we are out of it all now. And it's sad, no longer a sport. You have to also remember Villa got a hundred million quid, and I think they knew they were going to get that from Grealish. So they've spent because of that. Now. <clears throat> We, we can cry about the fact that we're in a world that's dominated by these big, big spenders. But you can't say that Arsenal aren't spending. <laughs> we've spent more this summer than we've than anyone else. We've spent more this summer than, than we've ever spent before in a summer. We're spending. We're spending a lot of money and have spent a lot of money. We've spent nearly a billion pounds on transfers since 2007. Nearly a billion. In fact, I think it may even be a billion now. Arthur Ramsdale and Erdogan have, have come in. I think it is actually over a billion pounds. We've spent that and we've regressed. We've gone backwards. Have Leicester spent a billion in the last 10 years? I don't think they have. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they have at all. Have Liverpool spent a billion on transfers over the last 10 seasons? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Maybe we've spent more than than they have over the last 10 years. They've they've done exceptionally well. It's not we can't just bring it back to money. If you want to be a title challenger then yeah, you can talk about money. You can talk about the fact that we don't have someone pumping in money like City and Chelsea do for 10 years. We don't have that. But we're not looking to be title challengers right now. We just want to be in the conversation for top 4. And you don't have to have a, an owner that pumps you full of money to be a competitor for the top four in the Premier League, as proven by Leicester and Liverpool. It is it's a myth that you need an owner that pumps you full of money to be a top four contender. You don't. You need to have smart people behind the scenes recruiting and selling and bringing in players and appointing managers that make sense to the team. That's what you need to be a top four competitor. To be a title challenger on a regular basis, you need an owner that's going to invest on top of good recruitment, good sales and everything else. But to be a top four contender, you don't necessarily need the owner that's going to pump your fill of cash. You just need good decision making and you need good recruitment. You need good sales and everything of the above we've talked about. So I disagree in the sense that we're in a world dominated by the, the, the kind of investors that are just pumping money in because whilst that may be true for a couple of clubs, for the targets that we've got, it's not an excuse. It's not. It's not an excuse. Uh, the real Yanis. Thank you so much for the donation. Uh, the donation says fans are too reactionary. We are digging ourselves out of a hole that was dug years ago. It ain't on Edu or Arteta that we spent so much and still haven't even addressed any of our problems. It's just my opinion, Yanis. What I would say to that is that look, I, I get your sentiment, and it isn't. You're right. It isn't Edu and Arteta's fault. What happened previously, and Edu is working to address the problems. And I think that we've all the signings that we've made this summer have been necessary signings that we've needed to make those signings. But the problem is, is that we're not getting the best of our team. 
We're not seeing a system. We're not seeing a style. We're making consistent mistakes over and over again. And that that is on the coach. Like that, that I can't not point the finger there. That is on him to make a difference, to make a change. And that's not happening. So whilst I agree that they have been lumped with an awful situation, I don't think that what's happening on the pitch is the right thing for me to sit here and to be okay with what's going on. That's that's where I sit with this. Uh, the Irish, uh, the Irish SCR, uh, the Irish Serb guy. So I don't know why I started spelling out the word. The Irish Serb guy says, "120 million is wasted if we don't get a top centre mid. You don't win it with kids." Uh, tactics were stupid considering the players available. Back three was needed. Absolutely. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't disagree with any of that, mate. I, you, you're spot on. Kim says, Edu is literally the technical director and Arteta picks the players. Biggest spenders so far. Why would it not partly be their fault? Edu, as I said, I, I have sympathy for that side of things. He spent what we've needed to spend. We... <laughs> we've spent more than anyone else. They're spending what they've got available. Like the window's not yet over too. They still need to move out players. They've made mistakes. William Runnison are mistakes. But on the whole, I'm happy with what we've done, but we need more. We need more, <laughs> way more. And I don't know what's being made available. I don't know our budget. No one knows our budget. We get told that Arsenal got 250 odd million to spend and people lie to the fan base. We don't know that. We don't know how much they have. But with Arteta... There's, there's very little I can say to defend to defend it, if anything. And that's that's the problem. Uh, Alex says, missing players isn't a valid excuse for me. Teams missed three or four important players most of the season last year, yet still stuck to their game plan. Mikel doesn't have a method with the players, uh, which players can produce. Look, Liverpool lost their entire central defensive department for pretty much the entire season, and they still made fourth. They made fourth with Nathaniel Phillips at centre-back, with Reese Williams at centre-back, with Joel Matip coming in here and there, with players playing out of position. I think Trent even went to centre-back at one point. Like, they still made it. And they they didn't have Fabinho for a lot of the season. They lost Alisson for a few games. They lost uh, Thiago at times. Mane, sorry, wasn't even having a good season. It was all reliant upon Salah and other players in the team. Look, and they still made top four. It is not an excuse to say that players have gone because it's down to us to have a depth in the team and to bring in players to replace those. I'm sorry, but even if you are, even if you're lacking those players to try and go toe to toe with Chelsea like we did today, like we tried to, <laughs> makes no sense. If you're lacking players, play defensive, dig in, and try and hit on the break. That's that's the only thing you can do. But we didn't. We just opened ourselves up and Chelsea ruined us. Absolutely ruined us. Iron Cub says, we're still way too one-dimensional in attacks as well. Pepe looked lively at times, but unfortunately for him, Arteta ball is passed to Tierney. It's just, I just can't get my head around this lack of idea, this lack of invention there's nothing different that we're trying it's just lump the ball to Tierney put the ball in the box and pray that is it that is all we're doing pray for the ball to drop to someone it's boring it's one-dimensional it's just lackluster it lacks invention it's just not it's just not what you want it's it's awful 
It really is awful. Let's not shout in the chat. I'm not going to read your comments out if they're all caps. Uh, not a chance. The Royal Yanis says, the thing I want a t uh, is a top quality squad. Until then, I don't care who the manager is because for me, if we aren't competing, I don't care. Fifth, tenth, same, same. Fifth, I disagree with Yanis. Fifth is, you know, fifth in Europe. We want to be in Europe. <laughs> At the moment, sixth is, is the target. Sixth is the minimum. That's what we're looking at. We need to get into the top six this season. And it's just, it looks so far away. It Absolutely. And we need to gradually build towards this top quality squad. But this season was an opportunity. This season was a chance without any European football to really take advantage of that fact. And we've not improved the starting 11 enough. It's pure fact. We have not improved the starting 11 enough this season and this summer. It's a wasted opportunity. Um, uh, Ingar says the lack of ideas is fully the manager's fault. There is no tactics or a style of play. Sacking tonight and get Conte. Do you really think Conte is going to want to come here? Do you re do you really think Conte is going to come here? Because I don't. Why would Conte come here? We've spent a load of money. We're not spending any more, really. I don't. I don't see us spending much more. We're in an awful state of form. I, why would Conte come here? Why would he want to do that? Why would he want to risk a reputation? Why would he want to risk a you know, he's out there, he's available, but why would he want to come? I have no idea. No idea. And then you have to ask who. Like, I genuinely struggle to, to think who. Who do you bring in? Who do you bring in? I don't think that's a reason to not, you know, change the coach. But I, I don't know who it is. I don't know who you bring in, if not Conte. I, I don't know. And, and no one can give me a reason as to why. Like, people throw out names, but they don't tell me what it is that that person would do. It's just a name at the end of the day. Like I see people say, like Eric Ten Hag, or you know, go get Brendan Rodgers from from Leicester. Why would he leave? Why would he leave Leicester? What, what, what's Ten What's Ten Hag going to do different? What's What's Ten Hag going to change about the club? How would you know he's going to change the style? Lucian Favre says Rancid. Look, I mean, Dortmund were awful at the end of his tenure. Awful, dreadful. How do we know that's not going to happen with Arsenal? And this is the problem, is that the good coaches are taken. The good coaches are in places already. Like, it is such a devoid market for, for coaches. If you can get Conte, I'm well up for that. But I just don't think it's possible. I just don't think it's feasible to go and get a Conte this, this at the moment. I don't know. Um, Let's go to HV says, get the coach from Shakhtar or Nice or Sevilla or any other decent side in Europe. All are better than Arteta. And again, I, Nice have um, Galtier, who's has just joined from, from Lille. So he's going nowhere. Shakhtar, I don't know of who their coach is. And Sevilla, um, Julian Lopetegui. He doesn't, he didn't want to leave for Spurs, who finished above us in the table. Um so would he leave Sevilla for Arsenal? I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably not right now. That's that's the problem. Um, Afterling says no manager would improve these average. Right, okay. Is Saka average? No. Is Smith Rowe average? No. Is Abamyang an average striker? No, he's not. He's a clinical striker that's out of form at the moment. Is Lacazette? I put an average striker. No, he got the third best conversion rate in the Premier League last season, yet playing really poorly. Is Nicolas Pepe an average footballer? I don't think he's a £72 million footballer. I think he's a lot better than average. Is Thomas Partey an average footballer? No. Is Ben White an average footballer? No. 
is Kieran Tierney an average foot? No. So let's quit the agenda of saying that these players aren't good enough because they are. They're a lot better than eighth. They're a lot better than where we are right now. We can get more from these players. I'm sorry, I just don't agree that the players aren't good enough. We've got lots of good players in this team and they should be doing more than they currently are. Is Xhaka an average player, Zemir? I think he's above average, but <laughs> not, not that far. Not that far. Uh, Partey and Smith-Rowe are the only good players we... Really? I can't believe that. I can't believe that for a second, Atheline. That's ridiculous. To say that Saka is not a good player, that Tierney is not a good player. What is this? Is Are we just, are we just lying to ourselves now about the quality to make ourselves feel better? I don't get it. I don't understand. Uh, Hiron says, did you notice Sambi was dropping to be the short option for Leno instead of Xhaka? Arteta trusts this kid more than our captain. Uh, I didn't notice that, but thank you for pointing that out. Um, <laughs> I'll certainly look out for that more. He's more mobile. It does make tactical sense, to be fair. I, I, I'm, I'm not surprised they've decided to do that whatsoever. Uh, Russ says, would you get Awar and drop Odegaard deeper? No, you, if you were going to get an Awar, you would do it the other way around. You would drop Awar deeper and put Odegaard slightly further forward. So there you go. Oh, that's a shame. You're about to block someone for abusing a player. Great. Um, uh, <laughs> I nearly read that out. MO7 says, I have had enough of fans saying manager needs to change. I don't want no fans saying it is hard to get the Cronky out when we can't even come together and protest. As long as the Cronkies are here, forget about competing. And this is always what it's going to be the crux. That's going to be the crux of every conversation about Arsenal is that the owners are making poor decisions. If we get rid of the coach, do we trust the owners to make the right decision about replacing him? Because I don't I don't have to trust. I don't trust them to make another decision. I don't trust them to change the manager to someone that would be better, that someone that's going to be... I mean, they employed him. They employed a coach with no experience at the top level. I mean, I did that. And that's why I'm sitting on a YouTube channel and I'm not in charge of a club. <laughs> like it's <laughs> that, when you look back in real reflection <laughs> and I do it with great pain and regret to employ someone without in, in any experience at the top level is looking to be a cataclysmic error. And so do we really trust these people to appoint the right person next? Because I'm not sure that I do. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm more than not sure. I am, I am sure that I don't trust them at all to make that decision. That's, that's the issue. Tony says, can we trust Arteta to build this team, especially with an owner that probably won't shell this kind of money out again? If he felt, well, <laughs> again, he's not shelled out this money. It's not Cronky's money. It's the club's money. The club's money has been spent. He's put nothing into this club. There's no investment going into this. It is all the club's money so i i like the way we're going with the transfer market i'm happy with the players that we brought in but i'm not happy because it's not done we need more we're addressing the club because it needs these players but we're not done we need to improve center mid we need to improve right back if we don't improve these two key areas we are setting ourselves up for a lackluster season again but to say that we've spent 130 million badly is wrong because you haven't spent it badly. We've spent it in areas that we've needed to spend it, but it's not enough. That's the problem. It's not enough. That's the issue. We need the starting centre mid. We need the starting right back. And if we don't get those players, we are in for a poor season 
again. CA says Hassan Huttel and Ranjik as director of football like they did at RB Leipzig. What do you think? I just don't think you can replicate the RB model in the Premier League. I don't think you can replicate that. RB Leipzig have got a great team. Would you swap RB Leipzig's team for Arsenal's? It's, it's it's close, isn't it? I mean, they've got a lot of amazing players like Zobos. Like they've got obviously players like Danny Olmo. They've got players that they bring through and and nurture players like Upamecano and Canate and sell them on. They've still got the likes of Mukiele at the club. They've still got players that are really going to push them forwards. They've just signed Andre Silva. Like I'm not sure you can do the RB project at Arsenal in the Premier League. That's that's the problem. Like you look at what we're doing. We're doing some RB things right now. We're signing young players that have got loads of potential. We're signing them quite cheaply. You look at Lukonga and Tavares. They've come in very cheaply for the price. Even Erdogan, I look at as a very cheap price for the player that we've got. But it's the problem is is that you need a balance of your squads. You can't have an under 23s like rule that they have at RB Leipzig, which well they used to have until they signed Andre Silva, for instance. But you can't have that type of rule in the Premier League because you need experience. You need quality to improve the team immediately. And that's not happening at Arsenal. We've got an unbalanced team. We desperately need more quality in it. And it's not going to be brought in by just saying, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not going to be just brought in simply by saying, look, they're only signed kids because they've got loads of potential and sell-on value. You need... You need quality now, and we're not seeing that happen. That's that's such a problem with our transfer. The way that we're we're looking at the transfers right now is that yes, sure, bring in kids, bring in youngsters, lower the average age, but you need quality experience as well. Otherwise, you are going to find yourself lacking the metal to get out of really difficult situations. Uh, made in Brooklyn, thank you so much for the super chat. It says, if Arteta finishes outside the top six places again and still keeps his job, the Cronkies will be clearly telling the fans they don't have any higher ambition than mid-table. I think I would agree with that. Um, let's go to Marky. It says, we trained for a back three for this game until White was out with uh, a positive test. We didn't have much choice. Six first. I don't think that's true, Marky. What what's wrong with replacing Ben White with Callum Chambers? Why couldn't we have done that? Why couldn't we have gone for a back three of Chambers, Holding, Tierney, Wingbacks, Maitland Niles, Tavares, Midfield, Lukonga, Xhaka, front three, Smith Rowe, whoever you want to put a striker, Balogun, Martinelli, if you want to risk a Bamier, and uh, and Pepe on the right. Well, well, you could put Pepe up top, but even Saka at right wing. Do whatever you like, but you had the options, Marky. It's you can you can match them up. That's what you can do. You can match them up. You can go to a back three. You can dig in and hit them on the counter like we did at Stamford Bridge. That's what you can do. And arguably, we had like we have a worse team today than we had at Stamford Bridge, and yet we decided to try and play out. We tried to be more expansive despite having a worse team than we did at Stamford Bridge. It makes no sense to be marky. So I disagree with you. Um, let's go to. Iron Cup, who says, Tom, I feel like someone at the club should protect Arteta against himself. I think that we need to bring in an experienced assistant manager who is able to set Arteta straight. Why don't we just bring in an experienced coach who can just do it himself? <laughs> Would be my re response to that. Uh, Nick says, what concerns me is I don't understand what our style of play is anymore. We've got no identity. At least with Wenger, we had an identity and a certain way of playing. Can't, again, can't disagree. I don't see a style of play. 
I do not see it whatsoever. Can we stop spamming my chat? Thank you. Zamir says, too many times they pulled us to one side and created a two versus one versus Tierney and a simple ball from Alonso goes to Reese James and they're in. And it happened time after time because guess what? We didn't match them up. It's as simple as that. Uh, Jeffrey, what happened with the protest? About 30 people showed up, mate. It was frankly embarrassing. I wrote a piece on it. It's out on Football London right now. Um, in fact, let me just get it up on the screen for you. Uh, I'll leave a link to it in the chat box right now so you can go and read it. But we covered it. We've interviewed a few people that went to it. It was embarrassing. And some people traveled genuinely from quite far. So one guy we spoke to traveled all the way from Bristol. Uh, one guy traveled down from Kettering. Like People came down to get involved because they're passionate. And I respect, I respect if you want to protest. You've got an absolute right to protest. Uh, but it was done. It was organized awfully. It was organized dreadfully. And there was smatterings of, of uh, tweets. And I'll tell you what, a lot of people that tweeted out, I mean, what's the, what's, I understand the response would be, you know, we're spreading the word. What's the point of sharing something about a protest if you're not even going to go? What's the point in doing that? What's the point in putting out a tweet? You, you just, I'm sorry, but I just think it's a bit, it's a bit attention seeking, to be honest. Like, if you put out a tweet, you're just trying uh, with the with the uh, the protests information. If it was, it wasn't even information. It was a little poster that said 3 p.m. Cronky out. That was it. It was poorly done, poorly made. I'm all for free speech with freedom, uh, with without freedom from scrutiny, of course. But at the end of the day, if you want to protest the manner, if you want to protest the the uh, the ownership, do it. Like, absolutely you got the right to go do it. But if you're going to do it, at least do it properly. Like, at least go and actually organize yourselves. And, like that, and that's the issue is that people, unfortunately, bought in to a few tweets that they believed and they went down there with the best intentions to, to tell the ownership how they feel about the situation. And it was awful. It was a really poor turnout. And I felt for the, I felt for the people that were doing it. And it's a shame because people will laugh at them. I would have been one of those people a couple of years ago when I used to have different views about protests. Like I would have been one of those people. But the fact of the matter is, is that actually you shouldn't feel bad for them. You should have a bit of respect for them. And, uh, you know, it's <laughs> it's a real shame that it, it didn't happen. And, uh, yeah, I didn't see anyone recognisable for those people asking in the protest. We interviewed some people. Um like when I say recognizable, obviously mean people that you know on fan channels and stuff. I didn't see anyone recognizable there. I may have missed them, um, but uh, I was there for a good two hours prior and during the the so-called protest, and I didn't see anyone recognizable. So I don't know what that says, um, but uh, yeah, it's it's really it's really different. It's really really tough um, for people to try and get their views across and and heard when there's that little organization. Go check out some of the videos that we did when we interviewed some of the fans that went there. Because, as I say, I genuinely feel for them. <laughs> Absolutely, the real Yanis says too many comments uh, from me. Sorry, you know, fine, Yanis. Uh, honestly, the truth is what you said. Tom Cronky is the problem, and that's why we are where we are. It's not the manager. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not the manager in the grand scheme of things, but it's the manager right now in terms of kind of you know what's happening on the pitch. I think the team's better than it is. The be it is a lot better. So there you go. 
Um, let's go to Made in Brooklyn. He says, Stan Kroenke will never sell Arsenal. He plans for Josh to inherit the club. I, I agree. I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, OO says, the Amazon documentary is to communicate and set the narrative to fans and that this project will last three plus years. I look forward to seeing it. I do. I look forward to seeing the... Uh, the documentary and see how it goes down because it's i hope it's enlightening i'm worried that it's going to be very censored but we'll see we'll see how it turns out uh thank you david for becoming a member much appreciate the support fella uh nodak says uh arteta has been backed uh, and they're not going to sack him unless we're in a relegation battle i agree i don't see him leaving even if i, I said my hot take on football london was that it doesn't matter where we are I think we can be in a relegation slap scrap. I still don't think they'll get rid of him. I genuinely just don't see it happening. They are so, so unified in their support for him. Like, if you had any hope that there are questions going on behind the scenes, I'm sorry to burst your bubble. There aren't. They are backing him. Absolutely. Uh, CJ says the team's lacking confidence and the fans have a part to play in that. The atmosphere was shocking in the first game back. The booing was disgusting. Uh, CJ. Uh, the atmosphere from people that I know were at the game in the first 15 minutes of the game was electric up until they scored, was great. The atmosphere was amazing in the Emirates before the game. And uh, there was a clear relief of fans to be back in the ground. So you're not true. I'm never a big fan of booing. <laughs> I think that booing is a little strange, especially when you don't turn up to, say, a protest that was on before the game. If you're not happy with the situation, if you're not happy and you're so unhappy that what you want to do is boo. And we've already had bad enough things with booing players taking the knee, for goodness sake. And we're now booing, like just booing in general is bad. But you really think things like you really think things are going to change based upon booing? And do you really think that's going to have a positive impact on the team? I, I don't think so. I, I really don't think it is. And that's the thing about, I think there's a difference between, say, having a protest in which you're asking for, say, the Cronkies to, to leave, which is fine. But to boo, it's such a general, vague, negative message to send out. It doesn't say anything direct. It's just a negative noise in which every single player, no matter how well they performed on that pitch, hears it. So you booed Lakonga, you, you booed Smith-Rowe, you booed Tierney, you booed players that had a good game. You might be thinking that you're booing whoever you want to sell. You're booing the manager, you're booing the team, you're booing the owner. No, you're booing. You can't. Your boos aren't specific. They're very general. And uh, that's why I'm just never a fan of it. If you want to protest and write Cronky out on a sign, that's fine. Look, I respect that. You're being very direct in what you're saying. Um, if you want to say I'll take her out, look, I'm never a big fan of picking a side on things like that, but you, you're entitled to your opinion. But <laughs> booing, it's, a, it's playground stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's playground stuff. It's it's so weird. It's such a weird thing to do. It's like the England football team taking the knee, telling people where they're taking the knee, and yet people boo them taking the knee. Morons, idiots. I just don't get it, and it's I don't get why people boo in stadiums. I know I'm going off on a bit of a rant, but it just <laughs> I just don't understand it at all. Uh, Abubakar says we have enough quality. Oh, by the way, very quickly before I address your question, what is this now obsession with Saka getting booed? I mean, I don't know if, if it's just me noticing this, but I noticed the Chelsea fans booed him. I noticed that some Brentford fans booed him. I know there was a big lot of applause when Saka came on against Brentford from a lot of from a lot of people in the Brentford stadium. But it happened when he came on. It happened um, it, from the Chelsea fans. 
what is it? What what is it? What, what I don't understand. Nineteen year old kid stepping up to take a penalty and you're booing him. I don't get it. I, I don't get it. I really, really don't understand the, the 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 mental gymnastics to you know to come to a decision where you feel it's okay to do that. It's really strange. Uh, Abubakar says we have enough quality in the team to play better. Arteta makes uh, Laka, Abamier, Martinelli, Pepe, Balogun, and Ketia, etc. All look bad. It's a disgrace. Signings won't help. We need a new manager. Uh, Rahul says, come on, Tom. Booing is an expression of discontent. Emotions run high in games. Yeah, I get that. Emotions run high is not an excuse, though, to boo Lukonga. I, I don't think Lukonga deserved to be booed today. I don't think he deserved that whatsoever. I thought he had a great, dis- had a great display. I thought he tried his absolute hardest in the game. So why are you booing him? Why are you booing Lukonga? <laughs> I really don't get it. Um, David says, hey guys, from Bermuda. Can't lie, I can only defend him until after the international break when the window is over and the players have returned. Can't defend this as there are no excuses after that. I suppose that is the point where every excuse goes. Like Partey will be back, Gabriel will be back, Abamian and Lacazette will be back. Like, there is, I hate the word excuses because I think it's more about reasons and either you have a good reason or you have a bad reason. It's not an excuse. I hate when people use the word excuse. You either make it an argument to defend someone or something or whatever. And it's either a bad argument or it's a good argument. They're not excuses. Like saying that Arsenal aren't going to be as good because they don't have Partey, they don't have a Bamiang from the start, they don't have Gabriel. That's not an excuse. That's a fact. Like, it's just a plain fact. Like, you're not going to be as good if you don't have your best players. The problem is, and what you should say, is that we didn't tactically match Chelsea up and we opened ourselves up to the defeat because we played like like morons. I mean, we did. It was a moronic thing that we did by playing four at the back. That's what you should say. It's not an excuse saying that when we didn't have a good enough players. It's not an excuse. That's a fact. We didn't have those players. We're not going to be as good, but we performed even worse than we should have done. And that's what scuppers that excuse, if you like. Javier says, one thing certain post-pandemic is showing us how mentally weak we are. Fans absolutely cagey now since returning to stadiums. You have fans throwing. But yeah, I saw that on the screen. I don't care that it's an Arsenal fan. Grow the hell up. Why are you throwing a bottle at a player that he scored? You really, you got, what is he, 21? Reese James, 21-year-old. 21 year old kid scores against you and your reaction is to throw a bottle at him grow up you absolute loser what are you doing it's ridiculous steven says i understand that in an ideal world we need both but if you were offered trippier or basuma on transfer deadline day which one would you take steven i know it sounds crazy i genuinely think i'd take trippier and i know that sounds mental because basuma's younger He's arguably better. I just think that the right back position is so much more crucial than the centre midfield to change the way we play and to really stop the imbalance of our right and left side. That I think I'd choose. I think I'd choose Trippier. I think there are good enough reasons behind why you'd pick a right back over the centre midfielder. I know it may seem crazy to some, but I think it would just make more sense to choose the right back, to be honest. Uh, Rahul says, we have to adapt. There will be instances we might have players out from illness. We can't keep not having players. As yeah, And again, Liverpool were missing so many centre-backs last season. Where were they? Top four. No excuses. 
None at all. Um, it's not a reason to not play, not to, to change the way you play, not to have the depth in your squad, not to combat games. The players stepped up. Allison stepped up, scored them a crucial goal. Like players stepping up, being leaders in the squad, playing well, dominating games despite your fullbacks. It's just, it's a necessary that we just do not seem to have in this team. Okay, well, he says, uh, you have every right to voice your displeasure if the product does not meet the expectations. I didn't expect to beat Chelsea, but at least be competitive and tactfully sound. Look, I'm not, I'm not saying anyone can't voice their displeasure. If you want to, Go online and say, I don't think that Arteta had the right tactics today. You think that he got it tactically wrong. If you want to put a video up that has the thumbnail of Arteta tactical disaster, you're more than entitled to do that because you're being specific. Yeah, you're saying what you think is wrong. You're explaining your reasons behind it, as I have done today. But if you're going to boo, why are you booing? Why are you booing Lakonga? <laughs> I'll keep using this example. Why are you booing Lakonga? Clearly not the reason we lost today. So why are you booing him? It's not you have a right to show your dis your displeasure. You don't have a right to boo a kid of 21 years of age that's fought his socks off to try and grab Arsenal anything from that game. You have no right to boo him. You have no right whatsoever. So I don't get it. I just don't understand the mindset it's so strange so so strange a says was it just me uh, but we barely attack through the middle in the brentford game we barely did and yeah no you're, you're it's not just you a it's literally everyone because we don't have a central attacking route even smith Rowe when he's at number 10 shifts out into the wide areas we don't have it we don't have that creativity in a central area is all out in the wide areas we're so one-dimensional it's crazy. Anyway, I feel like I've repeated myself on about 10 different points now. So we are going to wrap things up. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Sorry, it's been a little bit ranty. It's it's one of those days. I needed a rant. I've just I've spent the entire day filming and chatting and interviewing. And I needed some time to just get my thoughts out. And I feel like I have done. So thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. I'll be back with you tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. As always, to give you the latest transfer updates. Please, please drop a like on the video. Please subscribe to the channel. Please go give a read of the articles and uh, the videos that we did today over on Football London. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you as always. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.